that. So far, bat, off to a bad start. Better, closer, warmer. And that's it. Okay. Closer, warmer. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. And this is it. Long live the D. <laughs> the tenacious variety. For sure. But um, welcome to our first February podcast. It's first, first. Yeah, we hadn't done one in February, have we? This is the first in February ever. It is the first February Last year we podcast. started around March. Really? I thought it was January. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Radio show ended in January. Thank you, right. 95.1. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we took about a month off, jumped into podcasts right before the tournament. That's right. Remember? First ever February podcast. Yeah. Had to give us the short month. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. 29 days of leap year this year. That's for, that's right. Leap year. Man, there's going to be some some cool birthdays. I mean, I always think about that. You know, like I do too, but I don't know anybody personally. I think a guy named I, I'm gonna I might be speaking out of turn. I think I went to high school with a guy named Chad Bagwell, who was a year younger than me. I think he was a leap year a leap day baby. Which I'll be honest with you, can I say this? I always thought it was backwards to call the 29th the extra day leap day because I feel like it was actually like Dragon Day because you're dragging through another day. I feel like if it was 27 days, you'd be leaping into the next month. I've, as, I've, my whole life I've thought that. Take. Yeah. I mean, I'm you're not leaping opportunity anywhere. To share with you that every time you name drop somebody that I don't know, I always want to come in with the uh, that super bad line where he's like, you know a guy named Jimmy? You totally look like his brother. So anytime you say Sing that, to he, us. <laughs> Jimmy's brother, the singer. But you said Chad Bagwell, and I wanted to go, Jimmy's brother, the singer? So when <laughs> when – uh. When Superbad came out, I was living uh, with my friend Dustin Berryhill and his his wife in Saltillo, and he was like bartending at Woody's going to college, and I was hosting trivia at that bar and, uh, and karaoke. And that scene in Superbad where uh, Michael Sarah has to sing, These eyes cry every night for you. One of the most <laughs> underrated scenes in comedy. And they're all over the there. It's like a bunch of guys me, like yeah. – like, just crackheads out of their mind, and they're just just feeling this guy singing. sing for us. <laughs> You've got to sing, man. I'm telling you guys, this guy's can really Jimmy's brother. Jimmy's brother. <laughs> no, but man, how are you? It's been a little bit since I've seen you. you I know, I know. You look yeah. good. It looks like that you're still sticking to your New Year's resolution. I am. I am. Yeah, you look, uh, you look good. And man, we're I, I've really hit it hard this week. Uh, kind of in the same vein, soccer season is now over, so there's no more pre game meals. That for sure. I, have to budget out calories for, so now I can really get on track, hopefully. But, um, man, it's been good. You know, like, like I just said, soccer's over, so I, well, great run. Congrats to you guys on a great yeah. run. And, you know, and I've said it in a previous podcast, I want to talk about it in this one. Um, you overachieved. I mean, we, I mean, we really I mean, did, man. Now that it's over and, you know, you can really you look back in hindsight, you guys really overachieved. So uh, give us a quick uh, the Cliff's notes of how it, how okay. it ended up real fast. Because well, I, I people don't know much you. about soccer, but they listened about your team. So tell us about it. I can tell you that before our season, Harris Fawcett, the head coach, and I both – I mean, we, we both kind of are spelling this out. You know, like, look, we're going to be different. We have to be. And it's – I wish I could think of a team that, like, had to do the same thing that we're kind of doing. Like, 
I'll say I want to say like Mississippi State football in 2016, like after Dak left. Okay. Like the 2015 team was so good, so good, and they came up a little short of the the goal that they were trying to achieve. Whereas the 2016 team, everybody's like, man, we're not going, we're 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 going to be bad. This is going to be Mullen's first like real losing season outside of year one, and they totally surprised us. They did, man, and we we spelled out at the beginning of the year. We're not going to have a lot of depth. Uh, we had two returning starters out of 11 and lost what most anybody would recognize as the state's best player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you have, you're facing, you're staring down the barrel at, and you're like, we're just going to have to play harder than everybody else. And that's exactly what our boys did, man. They played harder than anybody we played against. And I know I can, and Coach Fawcett can, and hopefully our players can now sleep easy at night knowing, man, we squeezed every bit of juice out of that orange. Because they did. They really did. That's a good analogy there. Um, the thing I like about you guys is you always coach hard and you prepare hard. Uh, but y'all keep a character of kid at Tupelo out there. Yes. That um, buys into what you do. And I think this year those guys knew that they could be a better team with the, the sum of their parts rather than individuals. Well, The, you know the luxury mean? of this group is is seven or eight of those guys that we got um, that we had were guys that actually saw a lot of minutes last year because right. we clobbered everybody. You know, we're up five to nothing at halftime, and we're thinking, all right, let's get these guys, these first guys off the bench or get them on the bench and, and get these other guys some time because if we leave our defense in, we're not going to get scored. Or we're not going to get scored on enough to lose. Uh, but a lot of those guys, they played some valuable minutes for us, but not a lot. But they having that experience. But the thing that is cool about it to me is that, I can just tell you as a former player at Tupelo High, we've never had a bad season. Right, no. We've never gone, you know, 6-16. Six and 16. And I, I understand what that's like. I've coached at smaller schools. I, I know what it's like to try to rebuild. But on the high school basketball team, won one game one season. Well, it, so you, you get the, tough. the gist, man. But, like, it, it's really special. I'm as proud of this bunch as I am of just about any that we've ever had because – they could have easily said, well, we lost everybody. Let's just, you know, let's just get through senior year. But our seven seniors really, they stepped it up and, 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 and carried on a what was a what is a good tradition. So, yeah, well, that's really awesome. proud of them. Kudos to you all for, like you said, just, uh, getting the most you could out of it. And uh, and here's the thing about you and, and Coach, Coach Fawcett. What I've learned is uh, you guys are really good. You're not worried about coaching a team. You're worried about running a program. That's it. You know what I mean? You played guys last year when you were clobbering people knowing you needed them this year. Or you might have needed them in the playoffs yeah. last year. And uh, a lot of coaches don't do that. They'll run it up and they'll play those 11. They'll let Johannes oh, yeah. get 12 goals in the if game. Literally, I think Johannes could have scored 100 last year. If, if we leave him in for 80 minutes or the ex full game, right. he could have scored 100 goals. Well, y'all were better this year because, because of it. didn't. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. Yep. Well, kudos, what else been going on with the other soccer? you have anything else going on or are you just kind of tweener time? I just started a new part-time job, as you know. I'm driving – I'm a driver's ed instructor for Vintage Health System, which is a, uh, a company that employs Filipino nurses who just arrived and go through a training program, and they're going to be hot home nurses all throughout the southeast and midwest. And it's my job to teach them the rules of the road. So – I just started that this week, and I love it. Well, the name is kind of deceiving because Vintage Health Systems sounds like you're teaching old people how to drive, <laughs> yeah, which is uh, which needs to but be. But I mean, my, I've got a class of thirteen right now, and they come in new every month. Uh, I've got nine women and four men, and two of the men are actually married to two of the women, and then so some of off, them are married with the families market. back home. Okay. But it's a it's a good organization. It really is, man. They they really take care of their people. 
So I, I'm excited. I got to see sides of uh, Oxford and, and Lafayette County that you could appreciate. I, I went so Monday was my first day driving, mm-hmm. and I went to uh, I went to Sardis. Yeah, and I, I looked. <laughs> I got so tickled because they speak good English, but it's kind of broken. You know, they for sure leave out action verbs and stuff. Yeah, and uh, Con- <laughs> conjugating things, put, putting <laughs> tenses. So we get all the way. <laughs> We get all the way to Sardis and we pull out to that high point, and it's it's low right now. It's just low, right? And she, uh, I was sitting there showing, you know, yeah, it's a beautiful lake out here. I've only been like twice, right? And then the girl in the back seat goes, "How come no water?" <laughs> I said, "It's just low." She's like, it's "Supposed to be lake." And I was like, "I, I know." Pipe down back there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I went to Takapola. Man, made did, the loop. Did you mention my name? I did, but they didn't. <laughs> they didn't register. I went, like, "You got y'all know Brian Baldwin." You know a guy named Jimmy. Yeah. Takapola. Oh, yeah. It's not anywhere near the Philippines, but just as luxurious. Yeah. Showed him a Taylor and oh, Plain Air. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I just got to go a couple places, man. It was cool. You know, I was at Plain Air back in December. I was in a wedding out there. I, I, went, I was in 2015, man. Nice, man. Great place, man. What's the place? Grit is out there? Yeah, the Grit Taylor. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nice out there. I like that. Well, but uh, no, really, really enjoyed it. What it, I, What have you done since I've seen you last? Man. What's going well, on with you? I went to uh, Nashville and Birmingham. I went on the two-day Andy, right. Andy Frasco Big Something Royal Rumble Tour. Uh, so let me tell you about this. This is really fun. And, and Frasco's my guy. You know, we've talked about this, but... So both bands are headlining bands. Like you go to a festival yeah. and they're on that second line of the marquee. You know what I mean? They're, sure. They're, they're they're big time in their in their field and their genre, and they're uh, they're fantastic bands in different like factions of the jam band. And Frasco and them are rocking and more of a a boogie. You know what I mean? Like jamming yeah. out. And and uh, Big Something's more along your Humphreys McGee line where it's more uh, instrumental and they they sing and stuff, but it's like long tangent jams. Sure. So of the two, Frasco would be more your band because you're yeah. not much into the whole long jam. Like you know we've talked yeah. about that before, but uh, they have a stand up comedian who opens for the whole thing. Oh, that's cool. And his name is Kyle Ayers. And Kyle and I and my other friends who ended up meeting me at the various cities kind of palled around, you know what I mean, at the different, like, you know, venues, you know, before the beforehand, because I was hanging out kind of backstage and stuff. But I didn't realize he was so famous. Like, the week before he was on Conan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was a big deal. So it was just really that neat is- how they would have the, the opening act followed by one of the bands, and then they would have the, – the other band would come out. But throughout both performances, the other band would come out with, like, Lucha Libre masks on. Oh, wow. And they were like like wrestling, like you know, of the I, Mysterio variety. If I outrock you, I'm taking over your band, kind of thing. So it was okay. it was just really that's, fun. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Like have your own thing. Like yeah. nobody else does that. Yeah, that's, no, that's it, cool. it was a different kind of tour, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then of course, you know, uh, I did that for two days. Had some friends meet me in both spots, and uh, the Zydeco in Birmingham. I'd never been there before. Really cool college venue. Pretty hat in place. It's not too far from UAB. Oh, yeah. in that district. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, the Basement East in Nashville was really fun. Okay. But uh ate some good food. I shouldn't have. But I'll tell you what I really did. I really drank too many coffees. Okay. I bet I spent... I bet I spent 50% of the money that I spent on entertainment and food was spent on coffees of different varieties, different things like okay. that. So I got I to gotta, I gotta learn to curtail that spending. But it was a good weekend. And then, of course, watch the Super Bowl. Which was a fun, exciting game. It was. It was a better game than advertised. It was. Did you get the vibe when the Chiefs went down? It was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> you well, know, like that's what they've done for three weeks. I was watching the game with two Niner fans. We were the only three folks there watching it in, uh, in my buddy's house. And I didn't have really a rooting interest. I would have been happy for them and for the Niners won. But I was pulling, like I said in the last podcast, for Andy Reid. Same here. And when, when they got down, I thought to myself, well, now – Pat Mahomes could just turn loose. 
He's going to be in the two-minute warning. He's going to be slinging that thing. There's no more game plan. There's no more making sure the running back gets the ball and opening the holes. He's just going to be running around throwing that thing, and it played right into their hands. Three weeks in a row they trailed, yeah. won the game. But Unbelievable. It was good. What did you think about the halftime show? I loved it. I got it on my DVR. <laughs> <laughs> may have saved it, may have not saved it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, saved I thought it was good, eye. man. I mean, obviously for personal male reasons, it's really too hot chicks, Latino women dancing and singing on stage. But, I mean, I kind of, just taking a deeper look at it, I mean, it was it was, re- it was good. It, it kind of fit, you know. Like, yeah. I didn't know any of the music. I know a couple of the Shakira songs, and I've heard a couple of the J-Lo songs. Where was Wyclef? I thought, where was Mr. Worldwide at? Don't For you know sure. he was crying at his house? Yeah, he was upset. Like, Here we are in Miami, and you're, gonna, you're just going to leave me out. I you wanted know? to know where Gloria Estefan and the Miami I, Sound Machine were. I know, right? Man, that would have blown the roof They off. really, And that that's one thing I thought when I when I actually looked at it. I'm like, man, you know, they really could have just made this a Miami thing. If they really wanted to get middle-aged men really, really excited, they'd have wheeled Gloria Estefan out there. Man, she was something else I've in the 1980s. See, uh, I've been loving the, the post- Reaction of like, yeah. there's the one that was pretty viral. Was a little kid on his couch and he just had his mouth open and his dad was going, "What are you, you seeing there, buddy?" <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I, "This this is a this is a funny podcast. I'm not going to curse here, but I saw a funny thing. A woman posted on Facebook and it was one of those like memes. But somebody she posted, she was like, "My family and I were disgusted with that halftime show. My son was so disgusted he went back to his room and shut his door." And somebody else commented like, "I think you and him are on a different wave." Yeah, y'all aren't thinking the same thing right now. <laughs> But people got to get over that. They do. Did man. they see Janet Jackson? Like I mean, really? Like where were you when the world was before PC? And, I, and we're all still doing okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, just be wary of what's going on. Just know that beforehand that if Jennifer Lopez and Shakira are going to be the halftime show, they're going to be scantily be clad. Aware. I mean, I mean, it's in Miami. They weren't going out there singing Beulah Land and. Oh, come yeah, yeah, yeah. But it <laughs> is three times today for sure. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not that kind of thing. It's going to be gyrating and fun. Nobody was griping when Adam Levine took his shirt off. No. You know, it was, oh. But, you know, again, it goes to that thing, like, you know, what? If th- There's just too many. This goes back to a couple podcasts ago. There's just too many people that need a reason to complain. No, you're right. Give me a reason to be offended. Yeah. And, then, you know, it, it's, you don't like it, change the channel. You don't want your kids watching it. Cut it. There's a puppy dog bowl at halftime. You could have done that. Puppy bowl is fun. But it's like, I, I think that there's legitimately people that sat through that to go, all right. I'm going to use this 10 minutes of Shakira and J-Lo shaking it on the stage to figure out how I'm going to gripe about this on Facebook, which is kind of the reason why I don't have Facebook. But, yeah, which is why but, you don't need Facebook. But exactly, you know. So, But anyhow, I, I, I thought it was good, man. I, I really did. And, and, and the game was good, too, man. I was, I was happy. It's the first time I can remember seeing a kid like Mahomes. And I'm happy for that guy. For sure. I really am. For you sure. Know? And Chris Jones had a great game. And our boy Ty Harden made the big screen. How cool was that, man? Man, he's so he, awesome. he's Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. He's Mr. Sponsored Worldwide. by the Miss 98 Scoreboard Show. For right sure. For sure. But there have been some other things going on, and, and we'll touch on these things before we uh, move along to some other more pressing matters. But uh, NBA season Ooh. is rolling 5.0 right now. And there's a team right up the highway from us. I mean. That is making waves. Money moves. The Memphis Grizzlies are hot, y'all. They're one game above 500 for the first time, I think, since Zach Randolph left. I mean, just literally. Yeah. It's actually been the first time since December of 2018. But kind of like the young Braves, they're a little ahead of schedule right now. They are. You know? They are. And, with the tra- and especially now. Yeah. I was about to say, and with the trade line happening, uh, they got rid of the albatross that was Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Who, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll speak to this. 
I see both sides. I see I him. I see him being a vet who only wants to play for a legit contender. Sure. Don't want to get hurt playing for the Grizzlies. That's all well and good. There was a gentleman's understanding, a gentleman's agreement. The Grizz were not going to play you, and you knew you weren't playing, so don't strong on them and be a punk. Just be quiet and talk behind the scenes and say, I'll go to Miami. I'll go to the Lakers. I'll yeah. go to the Clippers. Just, just tell them who you're going to. And go he's to. got it made. He's got it made. He just got a, he just got a, a bump in pay. Two years. And he gets to spend t- two years in Miami to finish his career out. Really? And he's legit a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. And, and still can contribute. Yeah. And, and he's going to be a, a really. He's an ambassador. He's in a lot of a uh, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial type things. Yeah. And he's got a lot of uh, vested interest outside of basketball on a grander scale. Uh, but man, just be cool. Yeah, and be cool. Anyway, go. But shout out to the Grizzlies for standing their yes. ground. And getting some real pieces. If Justice Winslow can be healthy, which Ooh. was their return from down Ooh. there, he could be a good player. He can guard four positions. Mm-hmm. He can facilitate the offense. He can do a lot of different things. Just got to stay healthy. Uh, he was a top yep. ten pick out of Duke. And I'll th- say the thing about Duke. Duke is not necessarily known for their stars. No. I mean, you've had your Grant Hills, hopefully Zion. Right. But their, their stars have been few and far between. But their role players are dynamic. Yes. You guys like J.J. Redick and people like oh, that yeah. who have always filled a gap. Yes. They're perfect. Duke has always built those kind of players. Yes. And uh, I hope Justice Winslow is that kind of guy. Me too. Uh, they're, they're, don't expect Deion Waiters to ever play for the Grizzlies. He, he won't play. And look for them to really use those two uh, first-round picks they have coming in the next few yeah. years as chips too. So. Well, and, you know, they can, they can one, they can, use, they can definitely use them in trade bargaining. Yeah. Or they can, you know, one of those picks is likely to be really good. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get a good draft class roll through, there's no, t- you know. Well, the Golden State picks 2024, mm-hmm. first round. Here's the thing. That's a, that's a good bit away. I mean, if this, if the Golden that, State. Uh, LeBron James Jr.? Well, I'm just throwing well, that out and, there. But my thing, too, is what happens between now and then if the Golden State thing kind of fizzles out? If Clay ends up and goes to be a Laker, Clay Thompson. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. or, or if Steph ends up in Charlotte playing for the hometown Hornets. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that could happen between now and 2024. If you told me two years ago, well, KD's going to be in Brooklyn. Oh, I know. You know, and, I, know. And, and, you know, I mean, like, I wouldn't have believed you. But, like, things can happen. So that could be a pretty good one. And the Miami one, you never know. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I don't I know. know the year stipulation on it, if, but I don't know. Yeah, it might I know be 2021. Either. If it's soon, it'll be a late first round. But, you know, they're still going to they, – they kept their pick. That, yeah. So they can, they can get a guy immediately that – can help them, and but they've all the two picks that they they accrued. They can use those and say, "Hey, man, we know that you guys are struggling right now, but how about we give you this pick for two years down the road?" Yeah, and you know they're bad right now, so this this may be a top six pick. You know what? You know whatever. I mean, but however you slice it, the Grizzlies are the the trade deadline winners. They are clear cut A plus. No are. doubt. They got rid of not a, they got rid of a guy who wasn't a cancer in the locker room, but a distraction. Yeah, uh, for, and he wasn't even playing. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So, but uh, there, this this uh, front office regime for the Grizzlies is uh, light years away uh, advanced of the previous one. No, uh, absolutely. Chris Wallace was a, just a, a figurehead. Yeah, and they had the wrong guys making decisions, and now they're they're doing a good job. I'm excited. They really about are. That. Um, and I guess just a, a, another thing that we need to talk about here is let's make some preseason or some midseason predictions. I am going to. I got, I got to remember back to that podcast just to make sure I'm I'm not. I remember two of mine. Well, I remember that I liked at the time I liked the Clippers without Paul George. Right. I really like the Clippers now. Yeah, they're good. They I think that they just got even with L.A. with with the Lakers. So you're going to see a 
I think that that series may be the first one that I watch in a couple of years because it's coming. Well, they just got I, one I think of the they're Morris on collision brothers. course. They got they they got Marcus Morris Senior, and right. that, which is a huge gap for them. And they're I actually watched the breakdown at the gym last Ron. night. Yeah, yeah, he could frustrate him. Yeah, you know, and and I think that uh, more so than anything. They just got themselves in the conversation. As of yesterday, you could get, you know, it was or, or right at the end of the trade deadline. They took, uh, or right before the trade deadline, they you could see like odds to win NBA championship, and you could bet on it. The Lakers were going off at like plus one forty, which was like house money. I mean, it was like practically dead even. And the the next closest was the Clippers at like plus three fifty, which is like three to one. Well, after the Morris trade, and you know the Lakers didn't really make any kind of splash at the deadline. I think they maybe bring J.R. Smith in the fold or something like that. I mean, He's working out for him. the Lakers yeah. are. But uh, it moved the Clippers into that plus 160, 170. So, right. I mean, I, you know, and if anybody has an idea that, like, that kind of stuff, really, it's Vegas. It's Vegas. I mean, they, you know, and they, they're like, all right, we know what's going on now. So, I think that's a one-two collision course headed for – headed on the West. And then – my MVP, uh, I still, I'm still going Giannis. I mean, the dude, he's on TV right behind us right now, and he's got 26 and 14 at the half. He's just, I, I think he's a monster, and I don't believe in the Bucks, just for for the reasons I can't describe. But they've got one really, really, really good player, and the rest of the guys on the roster are good, but they're not playoff at LA good. They're not playoff, you know, in a seven game series with Miami good yet or Boston. Like I don't, I, I just. I, it's hard to believe in them without a second guy that can take over a game yet. That's kind of my take. Now, rookie of the year, I think I took uh, Rui Hachimura, <laughs> which is probably not coming true. Valiant effort there on that guess, but he's going to get. Well, I'll say this: he's going to be a first team or a second team all well, rookie let's, guy. Let's he's say still this. Good. Let's say this. We're getting the playoffs. Andre Drummond, right at the eleventh hour, got traded to the Cavs, mm-hmm. so that's going to free up ten shots a game. Mm-hmm. I imagine he'll absorb six of them. Play with his bas- back to the basket a little more. Uh, God, I love to talking about basketball, man. I don't know why. I just but but uh, <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I I can't stick with that. I've I'm really been impressed with Zion since he's come back. He's very but, efficient, even in but, the NBA. But it may be too late. You know, like I want your because I know you you kind of brought that up the I'll, first I'll time. Give you my opinion on Zion first because I'm going to tell you that. But my rookie, I'm going to stick with my rookie prediction. I watch him play, and here is what is happening. Now, I don't know if he's fully healed. I do not know yeah. that. I can't speak on that. But I will say this. He is less explosive than he was this time a year ago. I watch him go catch lobs, and he's not yeah. eye level with the rim. Like He's having to finish shots. He's having to use his body to get into defenders and finish at the rim without dunking over him or going yeah. through him. And like I see him make really nice passes in the open court, and he hits that funny jumper. He he his jumper from three point range reminds me of like he that guy you said. On his first yeah, three. his his jumper is that old forty year old man that walks into the gym. And hey says, man, let me touch that thing yeah, real quick. Let me touch that thing real quick. And like he, he shoots, he shoots, he goes ah, yeah, <laughs> ah. But anyway, he, uh, he's not as explosive as he was, and I don't know if that's a, a conditioning thing or an injury thing or a weight thing. Or it's going against gigantic other human beings out sure. there. But he's having to use his body. And I'll say this. Um, with his athleticism and being able to use a big body along the lines of like a guy like Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis is below the rim, below the rim Yeah, player. yeah. Zion is, above, Zion is an above-the-rim guy with that same frame. That is still something the NBA hasn't seen. No, now, you're right. He might not be Sean Kemp athletically right now. Right. But he's something 
unprecedented. That's so right. I really like watching him play. He's a really skilled guy. Me too. But uh, John Morant's going to win the Rookie of the Year. I think so. Should have been an All Star. Uh, he's one. He's a he's a walking triple double, but he is also borderline arrogant, and I love it. I, I know. I mean, I, you, you, the, he, the, about a month ago, that dunk he almost finished on somebody would have been the poster of all time in his. 13th game as a professional. What I like about him is he knows when to flip the switch. And what I mean by that is he'll go three quarters and he will take what the offense gives him with his own scoring. Right. But he's looking to initiate the offense and get other people involved and make the correct play. But in the fourth quarter, it's like he knows when to go score. And, and I, I'm it, telling you, it's he, a very he's, he's barking too. He is. There's some vets out there that are not feeling job because – He's making them look really dumb right now. James Harden left him open in that game against That's the Rockets, it. and he and Ja looked it. at somebody and said, "Tell that mf'er who I am." And I was like, yeah. "Oh yes, <laughs> like, here we on, go." I, I, I inject this into my veins. I'm here for that. But uh, and I think the Lakers are going to win it still. Okay. I, and, and the reason I believe that is I just think you cannot stop LeBron and AD now. No, I know Paul George can defend. Neither one of them can guard AD. No. Either one of them can slow down LeBron. I don't think any team can effectively guard AD with LeBron on his team. For real. That's, and that's and if Kuzma's thing. on the floor playing good, yeah. it's really tough because now you got to have Paul on one, Kawhi on one. Yeah. Beverly's a little small. You know what I mean? If I'm, and this is, I may be short sighted in saying this. But if I'm any NBA team with a chance in the playoffs, the way I guard the Lakers is a real true Northeast Mississippi girls high school basketball coach triangle in two with a, with a second to sag off for help. And I make Kyle Kuzma score 47 points. Yeah, because you know? guys like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard aren't going to kill you. Now, no. th- now, Dwight – could be an X factor. Now he could, yeah, he could slide back and forth on that block and just be open. He, he could go, he could crash the offensive glass right. and really make a dent there. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I, out of the East, I, I really feel like the Boston Celtics. I, are I, make it I, out that's kind of why I said what I said about the Bucks. I just I, I see them looking really good in the first round and sweeping somebody 4-0. and then getting to that second round and having to go and maybe get maybe losing one at home that they're not you know. Uh, but I'll tell you two teams that that I'm not believing in right now. One's the 76ers. Yeah. Uh, they're just – I think they've got chemistry issues. I think they're, there's – I don't know what it is with them, but they're – you know, we're in what year five of the process, in quotes, and, you know, what's the process? You know, losing the second round? If they're smart, they'll go ahead and do it. And I know it sounds entirely stupid coming out of anybody's mouth, but I would get rid of Embiid. I'm wholeheartedly with you. I would send him to the the team that's going to send me a King's Ransom of first-rounders for yes. five years in a row. Yes. I don't even want a player. Just give me all your first-rounders. Ben Simmons yep. is still really young. Yep. We'll make this work. They've got to reinvent themselves. They Whatever do. they're doing right now is not working. They do. And Embiid is too injury-prone. He's so yep. skilled, but he's too injury-prone. I think he needs to be the second man on a legit team with a bona fide star. Yes. They don't know who the star is. That's that's That, that may be their identity problem is – one night it's Embiid. One night it's it's Simmons. You know, it's uh, and, you know, they got rid of Robert Covington. And they both think they're always that guy. Yeah. Don't think that it's a coincidence that they're having chemistry problems and J.J. Reddick's no longer there. He was the kind very, of – Very, very, very true he statement He's the professional right that kind of – and think about it. It is also no coincidence that New Orleans is descending and looking awesome because J.J. Reddick is there. Just saying. I mean, he is. he's, he's, he's a common denominator here. Where's Kyle Corver when you need him? Tell you another thing we that's trending in the opposite direction. Dumbest trade deadline move I think I've ever seen. 
uh, the Rockets trading Clint Capella yeah. to the Hawks in a four-team four deal. But P.J. Tucker is going to be guarding the five. He's dang near 40. And he's 6'5". Yeah. I don't I don't know what the math behind that move was. Let's but see here. If you carry the one, you divide by two, and you – does not compute. It doesn't compute. It doesn't compute. It doesn't, doesn't compute. add up anywhere. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't <laughs> – I just ran all the numbers right there. Uh, Ryan, we did a number crunch. And <laughs> Analytics just, do not come out in the Rockets' favor because <laughs> they got James out there doing – So, I, I think what they're going to do in true Mike D'Antoni style is they're going to let Russ and Harden take – 60 shots combined in the playoffs and hope that that's enough. Because that's – I don't know how – I mean, they're not going to be able to defend anybody. You know? Yeah, they're not. And, you know, they, it's kind of like the old uh, – it's just like D'Antoni played before. You know what I mean? Let's see how many guys – so many shots we can get up. Yeah. And if they're falling, you might be able to push it to six or seven. Yeah. And, you know, let's just think. If you're the Rockets and you're pushing it to six or seven and you're playing the Lakers or the Clippers and there's an injury to Kawhi or an injury to AD or Maybe. Ron, you might, you might pull it off. In any other years, any other maybe generation, they would be a, maybe a top two or three team. Yeah. But I feel like they're probably the fifth seat. Yeah, they're, they're going to slide. They might be the fifth best team let's yeah, say, yeah. in the West. In yeah. the West, so. Uh, but I just don't like the way James Harden plays. Yeah, I don't either. And I and I hate the new rule stuff that allows him to get to the line a billion times a game. And we've talked about this before. But the one thing I want to mention before we get off the NBA is there's you have an I think the NBA has an issue because and I, you may have to correct me on this. Is it fan voting? Yes. A par- partial, partial fan partial voting? Partial fan voting, Okay, yeah. well, I don't know how Bradley Beal is not on the roster. He's legitimately averaging 29 points a game, 29.2. And I saw his interview the other day with Jay Williams, and it was one of those deals where he, he said all the right things. You know, he said, you know, look, I can't worry about that. Uh, if I let it get to me, then I won't play well moving forward. But 29.2 points, Brian, it's never happened in the history of the NBA that somebody averaging that number – Matter of fact, I think twenty-seven and a half was the number. Anybody twenty-seven and a half or over has always made the All-Star team, and he got left off. I don't get it. You know, I just I don't I don't. But he's paid his dues. You know what I mean? It's not he's, like, he's been here a while. Yeah, you he, know, he's been there, and it's not like and a three-time All-Star. It's not like it's as well. He's just a young guy. We can we can get him back on next year. Well, and it's not like I mean. It's not like the East is just loaded. That and he's playing without John Wall, so he's yeah. everything for them right now. Yeah, and I, mean, I just and and I'm not he's investing without too Rui much Hachimura of my, too. He's not in Detroit. Yeah, but but <laughs> but no, man, I can't. I, I just I, I don't know why, but that 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 bothers me because in the age of All Star games and all sports, it's always like anytime there's fan voting and anytime there's like the 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 extra part of that to get the other guys on the team. It seems like the MLB always does a good job of, like, when a guy gets hurt or goes on the deal and he can't play, they're always like, all right, let's put that guy on there that everybody knows got snubbed. Right. That's playing for a team that's 10 games below 500 that's hitting 320 at the break. Well, one thing they do, too, is every team has to have a representative, right? Exactly. So, it, it, I'll, and you know. That's the, something that the NBA may need to look into. You know, expand the roster. Yeah. I mean, I mean who cares? I, so they score I, 180 points a piece a game. Yeah, I don't cares? care if you got 20 people sitting on the bench. No. I don't care. And. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't bother me at all. And if you want to have a legit fan favorite, that's cool. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? like Kind of yeah. like the uh, the extra guy. Uh, is this baseball. They have the extra player, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. If you want to vote Alex Caruso in from the Lakers. Why not? Why not? Have but, at it. But let's have 19 other players on the roster. Yeah. Let's give him his five I'm minutes. Because any NBA player can play in the All-Star game with 
four other yeah. world class. But I mean, like you can fit in. Like sure. if that makes sense. You know, any rosterable player could blend in in an all star game for three minutes. Put them out there, right? You know, I, I think that would be fun. Um, the uh, the dunk contest is trash this year, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. I would rather I would rather <laughs> not have that. They. They should make it fun. They should. Talk, I mean, it's just being real. They should have guys like Alex Caruso in the dunk contest. I agree. Give Give me that. Give me. Give me. Give me. A it guy was like, so much more fun when, uh, like, there's there, there's always a how do I say this? There's always a niche factor to the dunk contest. There's always one guy that is everybody's like, all right, man, that guy won the college dunk contest. Now he doesn't play one minute for his NBA team, but y'all wait till this guy dunks. Or there's a Nate Robinson that's five foot nine, you know, and you're like, okay, cool. I have an idea. Since we kind of talk about from time to time what different – You want to put me in the dunk contest? Well, I do. I mean <laughs> – Eight-foot goal, it's over with. I mean, for sure. We can bring the house down here. It's <laughs> mega sports. Uh, but you just gave me a great idea. The best dunkers in the NBA are not going to do this because they don't want to get hurt or they don't want to – I mean, LeBron can't – it's a lose-lose for LeBron. Yeah. If he goes and doesn't win the dunk contest. Then everybody says, I mean, how do you not win the dunk yeah, yeah, I get it. Or if he gets hurt, you know, whatever. Then you're like, why'd you do the dunk contest? The NBA has the widest reach of any professional organization sports wise in the world. Go worldwide. Give me the best six dunkers in the world. In the world. In the world. All these guys you saw. But he might have to be an NBA guy. That's great. Give me the best six dunkers in the world. And then give me the best six dunkers. I was going to say the best four. Okay, there you go. Give me ten. Give me ten. Perfect. Or or give me five and five. But like and then here's what you do. Get NASA to sponsor it. And here's the deal. Two million dollar purse. Two million dollars life change. Oh man, yeah. And maybe not so for the NBA guys, but for those six guys guys, they're like, I'm going to win this. But yeah, I mean you think about a guy like I mean, let's just say, I mean, just a the young NBA guy. guys get a portion of it, and the rest has to go to charity. Yeah. So they can't, like, just phone it in and let the, the non NBA yeah. guys win. Yeah. I mean, it's something like that. But yeah. That's just, really yeah, good. I mean, g- give, me, give me DJ Steffens that played at Memphis. Well, we know that Adam Silver's listening, so, Kamish, get yeah. on this. Okay. That's a great this is idea. a really good idea. It's a really it's, good it's, idea. F- I'm going to find an email for you. Uh, yeah, for sure. We'll Put do our that. people in touch with our people. Yeah, we'll do that. But that, man, that really is a good idea because that would bring a whole new light to it. Dude, dude. I would be, like, glued in because it becomes kind of a reality TV show. Yeah. Then. And the six foot and two, the six foot two skinny, dirty Italian guy with a bad mustache who can jump up there and go around his waist and between yes. his legs and dunk it. I saw a guy in the D League the other day <laughs> that, like, jumped out of bounds and was like, oh, man, I'm way past the goal and went up and under, like, Jocks Levesque or something. He's like yeah. one of the MBDL teams and like one of the best ducks I've ever seen. Get that guy in it. Yes. And tell, he makes twenty grand a year right now. Tell him there's two million on the line. And let that guy go. For real. Like there is somebody in Mississippi right now <laughs> who is like who's Oklahoma who's changing tires. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Or or, or bussing a, a fish restaurant. Yes. Who can literally jump 60 inches in the air. That, like, literally is busting that fish restaurant and cannot wait to get off Friday at 9 because he knows all his boys are down at the yard. And they're, like, down there. They're down there waiting yeah. on this guy to get off work. Like, all right, man, this is my buddy I was telling you about. I, I brought my cousin in from yeah. Atlanta. Man, I we to see we, this we, guy. Man, we got the championship of this men's league tournament at 9. Dude, you get off at 8. Can you please be here? You know, Reggie's on his way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There are, his name is probably Reggie. Those guys are a dime a dozen across America. Yeah. There, those there, are the guys that need to be dunked. There's somebody at the Mount Mariah courts right now that can out-dunk John Morant. Now, they can't outplay him. Right. But there's somebody in Memphis who yes. can out-dunk anybody on the Grizzlies team. 100%. I mean, for 100%. Instance, uh, when I was in 
finishing up high school, there was a young player at Pontotoc named Rico Lester. And Rico's a pretty good player. I think yeah. he might have signed with ICC. Sure. But Rico Lester, back in the day, could have dunked with pro guys. Yeah. You know I mean, it'll be fantastic yeah. to see a guy like just just like sure. just go in there and do his thing. But yeah. So moving on before we uh, before we take a quick break and feed the pups and uh, yeah. maybe refill on our drinks here. Great. Hell um, of an idea though, man. That's one of your yeah, and you got good ideas. That's a that's a bangerang idea, Rufio. <laughs> bangerang. <laughs> uh, before we move on uh, to to some more non sports related stuff, tell me about Mississippi State basketball right now, men and women, real quick. Uh man, uh, the women par for the course, man. Vic Schaefer, I've said this before. I think he's the best coach in the history of Mississippi State sports. Uh, and the result, if you if you believe in results, if you believe in you know starting from the bottom, now we're here. If you believe in in grassroots, Vic Schaefer has been that for Mississippi State. The women have lost incredibly talented players over the past couple of years, and he's got them rolling eighth in the country right now, second in the SEC. Lost by a point at uh, number one South Carolina on the road. I mean, they're they're, they're where they need to be, man. Uh, I am I am just firmly impressed with Vic Schaefer. Uh, love what he's as a former women's coach. I love what he's done for women's sports. Uh, and, you know, it's hard, It's still hard for me to get into it like I do the men's game and just about anything, but uh, they're fun to watch, man. And, and, like, your older crowd, you've said this to me before, your older crowd loves going to Mississippi State girls game because there's set plays, there's 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 on-ball man-to-man defense. I mean, it's just they're a fun product to watch, and I expect them to make noise in March as they have been. I mean, it's it's the standard now at Mississippi State. They want Tennessee tonight. A resurgent Tennessee. Uh, I, we bagged yeah, on Tennessee. Yeah, not bad. early Holly Warlick, Tennessee. This Who's, is this is somebody else now, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, she played for them. It was another, but she's done a good job. Yeah. Um, but no, man, they they went up there into Thompson Bowling and just walked out with a seventeen point win, like it was nothing. Just a ho hum win. And this was, I mean, you know, five years ago, State was zero thirty six all time versus Tennessee. They're four and zero. That's four. Yeah. That's just a direct testament to Vic Schaefer and what they've done. But on the men's side. Um, I'm pretty content right now. I just think it's a down year for the entirety of college basketball. State's kind of parody. A lot of parity. Right. Parody. We've had, I think, nine different number ones yeah. now. Baylor has kind of held strong for a couple of weeks. His ags are barking, you know, you know, breathing down their neck. Um, but you know, kennel club, dude. You don't want it. At the, one day I'm going. One day you're going to go one with day me. We're going. One day we're going because <laughs> I've been wanting going. to go for a long time. Road pod. If you listen to the podcast, you've heard my story of when I was on spring break. I talked to Dan Monson, the team coming back from or confirmation trip. <laughs> Almost said concentration trip, but anyway, <laughs> that's what our friends in the LSD community are on. Consecration trip. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, but no, it, there's a lot of parity in college basketball, and I think that State's right in the mix. They've got a really favorable schedule down the stretch. The only just, like, really, like, game that looks daunting is a trip to Arkansas. Uh, played Kentucky they, close the other they night. they got a guy scoring buckets at Arkansas. Woo! Put up 40 in a couple games this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of that, uh, the tough ones are over with. You know, oh, and they they've are. got – we got a good signature win against Florida the other night. Uh, a couple of opportunities to get another quad, a couple quad wins down the stretch. But they're in firm position, I think, to finish 7-2, 8-1, 9-0 season. And I think they'll firmly be in the tournament. Yeah. And I'm planning on going to the SEC tournament to watch them in Nashville. I, you know, I really think as of today, I mean, and I haven't seen any bracketology, but I really think they probably creep into that 10 line. Oh yeah, at the worst. I think right now they're on the ten line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like and right it now, can only can only yeah, get better. I think from they're here. playing for a six seven. Yeah, I'm with you on you that. Know, uh, I'm most certainly with Reggie, you. On that. Reggie Perry is not probably the best pro 
prospect in the league. He is a good pro prospect. Yes. But a few of those are at Kentucky. Sure. Uh, but but I think he's the SEC Player of the Year. I think so, too. I, you know, I think in one of those years where there's not a He true is going to be a – I, I, I want to make this prediction right now because we'll revisit this, especially once the draft comes and then sometime next year. I think Reggie Perry is going to be Mississippi State's first modern player that gets a ton of run in the NBA. Yeah, he's an eight-year pro. I, I think he's, he's going to be a guy – that fills a need for somebody at the four. He's a modern he's NBA be, four. He's going to be a 13.8 rebound career player for somebody. I think he's Darrell Arthur. I like it. From Kansas. I like it. Uh, a little bit better score, though. Yeah. I mean, not, not so much a garbage and he is not so much a garbage and energy kind of guy. He's, he's more of you can throw it to him. And, and, a, and a lot of people, you know, they're, they're bagging on Howland right now, and me included. I, I have been, I've been critical of Ben Howland because, you know, it's year four or five. Uh, you know, you, you're, in other words, you're, I guess my biggest gripe is is you can't recruit incredibly well in college basketball and not produce results. True. But he had some setbacks. Malik Newman transferred. Uh, uh, the Mario Kegler transferred. So he's had some setbacks, and he inherited a dumpster fire. So I think Mississippi State's kind of right where they need to be right now. They are. I think it's a good, safe program. Yeah. Uh, you know, always going to battle for the tournament. You know, Hound's doing a pretty good job. What I think it's doing is it's setting the program. It's, it's a continuum. It's a continuation of the tradition of Mississippi State basketball. So as the nation looks at it, they don't remember how bad the Rick Ray time was. They don't really remember how dysfunctional the end of the Stansberry era was. They just remember, man, you know, back in the they would we used to win the West. They went to the Final to, Four. Yeah. They were the second yeah. best team in the conference behind Kentucky, yeah. and they're pretty good. Always had some pros. And, and, and states basketball has has naturally because it's harder to school like Mississippi State to be consistently good in all sports, yeah. especially when baseballs compete for a national title every year. Football's made an unbelievable resurgence in front of Dan and under Dan Mullen, and I mean ten straight bowl games. They're kind of getting back to where yeah. we would like them to be. So stu- th- this is just a direct message to students, and I know my guy Tucker Jenkins will love this. Go to the games. Yeah, it's you can't sit here and tell me that on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Even if you're studying, I'm not trying to hear about your exams. It's two hours. Oh, somebody's got an exam tomorrow. Oh, it sounds like somebody's got a second super bad reference tonight. Uh, she had a veterinary exam. Oh, uh, there will be a there will be a fourth for sure. Uh, maybe a sixth yeah. if we keep up with this rate. Yeah. But no, go go to the games. Uh, go to the games. It's it's the hump is a difficult place to play when you make it a difficult place to play. It's not when you're not there. I got it's that simple. I got locked in the hump one time. Really? So I was about a seven year old kid, and my dad was a uh, Worked for, he was the head basketball coach at Oak Hill Academy. And Brian Foods, when it was in West Point, my stepmother worked for yeah. there. Um, he organized the West Point and Columbus Men's City League, okay. sponsored by Brian Foods. So he like was at the hump for the championship. That's where they had it at. And I got in one of those utility closets in the uh, where the players run out for the, the runway, and I got in there, and it got locked. That door closes. It don't open up without a key. And I could not get out. And this is before cell phones. I was seven. I wouldn't have yeah. a cell phone anyway. And I started banging on that door really loud, and it was hot and everything. And they couldn't find me for a while, man. My Inject that short film directly into my veins. Brian getting locked in a utility closet at the home. I wasn't so much scared that I was not going to be found and I was going to suffocate in that room. I was scared that when they found me, my dad was going to pull his belt off and whip my ass. <laughs> when they found me, my dad pulled his belt off and whipped my ass. <laughs> um, yeah, but I deserved it. I, he said, don't you go in there. A door will lock behind you and sure enough. Locked in, but, but um, by him saying that as a little kid, you're like, I wonder what's back there. For sure, are there signed basketballs back there? You know, like is there something I need to see back yeah, there. Is there a Whit Hughes signed basketball back here? Ole Miss side of things. I've said enough about state. Um, okay, here, 
last year was a surprise, and that was the problem. That is the problem. Yeah. Last year was so unexpectedly good that yeah. that was the problem. And here's what this kind of goes back to. It speaks to the caliber of player that Andy Kennedy recruited at the end of his tenure. Sure. Brian Tyree could play. Yeah, he really played. T.D. could play. Devontae yeah. Shuler could play. T.D. still playing. Yeah, T.D. <laughs> well. really play. Another snub for the, the Futures game. True that. Um, True that. And then he scored 31 the night after. Yeah. Uh, but A.K. had some players. The coaching aspect of the A.K. era, and A.K. is a good coach now. Yeah. I'm not saying that. But what I mean by that is sometimes you're somewhere too long. Yeah. And the fan base and everything tunes out. Yeah. And sometimes the roster tunes out because – uh, yeah. You know, so half of his roster had really bought in. Tyree was still playing for him. Oh, yeah. TD was still playing for him. Shooter was playing for him. Even Big Dom was trying to play. But it was kind of a half-and-half half mix. Sure. And he's a heck of a guy. And even a good coach, an underrated coach. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is he had good players. Yeah. And he'd done a pretty good job coaching them. Kermit comes in, probably gets a little bit more of a focus because it's a new staff. Sure. And everybody's trying to, you know, do things the right Reinvigorated way. Reinvigorated the, yeah. the whole fan base, the team. Yeah. And new he, facility. He, he brought in a few new parts like Buffin. Yeah, you know, kind of a, a gap filler, a role yep. player, and they were fine. What has happened is now the players that he that are left um, are not. Let me say this: there's major holes in the roster. Sure, get at. sure. Bree and Tyree can still play, and Schuler can play, right? But your guard depth is really weak. And you this know? this is kind of the same thing. And I'm not trying to redirect, yeah. but the same thing that Ben Hallen had to go through. Exactly. As a matter of fact. Believe, as crazy as this sounds, Kermit Davis inherited a considerably better roster than Ben Hallen did from Rick Ray. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, so like, and 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 like, I think as I look back on it, that's why maybe Ben Hallen had some trouble the first yeah. year or two, even with Malik Newman and Mario Keegler. It's yeah. like, yeah, we got these two really young, talented guys, but everybody else on this roster a lot of is holes. not very good. A lot of holes, and Ole Miss's holes. Take time. You know, Ole Miss's holes are in the front court. Yeah, not a lot of baskets scored in the paint that are not from screen and rolls, lobs to the yep. rim, or offensive rebounds. Uh, they don't throw the ball down there and manufacture points right. on the block, um, and that makes it tough on a coach because sure. the other team it's e you're easy to game plan for. Sure, um, and you can roll out some big wings or guards to guard Tyree and Schuler who aren't really big guys, and it makes it tough to score. Yeah. Um. So my my point is, um. There are a lot of good players on the roster. The young players he's brought in. Sure. Uh, Dude Column. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe a Sammy Hunter and all these guys. But the thing is this. He has a collection of good young players and a collection of some holdover older players. The younger players think they should be playing. The older players are the ones that should be playing. You have some unsatisfied younger guys that are acting like turds. And you got the older guys just trying to win because it's their last hurrah. That's right. And that makes this difficult, tough sure. season, tough because the guys aren't pulling the rope in the same way. Right. Um, my brother listens to this podcast, so I'll call him out a little bit. Uh, my brother was a product of this at William and Mary. He went to William and Mary, and they had a coaching staff that had been there for a few years, and they had some senior guards. John goes to William and Mary, and he is more talented than the guys in front of him. But these guys have been in the system for now their fourth year. Right. They knew what to do. They're seasoned. They know how to close out games and play in close games, and. John didn't understand the hierarchy of it. Like, look, I'm going to get in here and get my 20 minutes to run, and I'm going to be a three-year starter. He just didn't get it. He right. got he got it later on, but yeah. he didn't get it then. And that's what's going on in Oxford. Like, these the younger guys don't get it. Yeah, they you know they're they're not, they're not filling their role, so that when they're the man, somebody else will fill their role. Like they want to be the man, and that's the problem. And, and, and I, I believe in Kermit too much. I do too. To, 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 to give up this, especially this quick. I think at the end of next year, 
after the end of the third year, you can honestly take a look at it and go, okay, what's going this on? This makes sense. Because if this year, I say at the end of this year, uh, dude column transfers out. Uh the Frank Miller, the guard, transfers out. Somebody else transfers out. Now you're looking. You're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You brought these guys in. Yeah. They've been here one year. Now they're leaving. You, okay, what's going on here? Right. So they, I think you really got to give a look at the end of next year before everybody And, and I hope that he's able to look at those guys, at, at a guy like Frank Miller and go, hey, man, I got <laughs> I got 73 minutes leaving the backcourt yeah. in, in three months. All you got to do is just hang in there for a minute. And it's going to be your show, I'm you know. Like, yeah, he might just recruit over him. Yeah, uh, and that's what I'm saying. And, yeah, and I'll I'll say this: um, it won't happen. It won't happen. Tyree's leaving. Schuler's going to go pro. He's been there three years. He's not probably not an NBA player. He'll get some uh, some looks. He's probably a, a European guy. But if Devontae Schuler was to want to come back, the best guard in that program is redshirting this year, and one Jarkel Joiner. Amen. He slides right in there, and he's better than Brian Tyree. He's more athletic. And, be, and will kind of galvanize the mm-hmm. fans. And the post players will be a year him. older. Buffin's a yeah. year older. Like, if dude Collins stays and everybody comes back and all they lose is Brian Tyree, Ole Miss is going to be good again I just year. hope those young kids – I hope Kermit can get it across to them. Guys, I know it sucks right now, mm-hmm. but hang in there. Yeah. Because we're about, we've are we got a chance to be really, really for good. Sure, for forward. sure. And that's what I'm getting at. Like, let's see how next year looks. I mean – Absolutely. Jordan was going to be the whack player of the year this year. Oh, you know, ain't no doubt. Probably going to average about 20, 22 points a game. Yeah, and, he, and he's the best shooter on the team. Yep. To, well, I'm going to lie to you. And Se- arguably second the best, best shooter. Definitely the best dunker. Connor McKay, I know that. Connor, McKay, McKay, Connor McKay is the best shooter on the True. team. But Jarkel is the best shooter. You know what True. I mean? And best dunker for sure. He's a, I think he's a better version of Brian Tyree. I agree. Just being honest. So, look, look for some things next year. But everybody, Staff Kermit's back. He's doing the best he can. He's a heck of a coach. And I promise you, they are trying to do things to win every game that they can. Because this is not – the whack. This is not Conference USA where you can go in there and say, hey, I'm going to take two or three years yeah. to build my program. Like, do you really, after you do what you did last year, right. you really need to kind of win again this year. Right. Or at least keep it competitive. Sure. So, uh, look for them to make a little bit of a run. They're playing pretty well yeah. right now. But, um, and then. Uh, my, ne- my next question for you. How does Yolette McEwitt make it to April? The women's coach. Mm. By default? <laughs> I'm just asking. They got a manager playing right now. I mean, I'll, I'm, the, the only reason I gripe about this is, you know, if you know you're going to be bad, because I, I know she transferred and she's obviously close to our thoughts because she's a Pontot girl. Right. But, you know, if you knew you were going to be bad, why not reinvent yourself and let Marley Hatcher shoot it 11 times a game? If you're going to be really, really bad, and, and, and I want to remind you of this because a lot of people don't know this, Ole Miss's best player last year, Transferred to state. Uh, promise. Taylor. Yeah. You know, so, like, I mean, like, what are you doing to be this bad? Like, because I just know a lot of people that are invested in that Ole Miss women's program, and I can't imagine they're happy with the product right now. No, for sure. For yeah, sure. I mean, it's just not good. And I, the only reason I can say that is I watched them against State's girls, which is, a, which is an unfair measuring stick, but – from the open, I mean, it was twenty-five to four after a quarter. Like, if you're trying to be yeah. good at women's basketball, you can't lose quarters twenty-five to four. You no, you know, I just, you know, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on that. I just, I just. Well, I'll say this: um, it's a shame that the program is where it's at, because at one time it was a very proud program. Kill Ross, Van, Ch- Van Chancellor, Van Chancellor man, I mean, just, I mean, yeah. Uh, and the thing is this. They got a nice building, mm-hmm. and man, 
people in this area love girls basketball. I'm telling it's you, man, crazy. Look no further than sixty miles south of us, and it, it's you can see it. It's a bunch it, of white hairs. Yeah, and it's uh, Memphis is right up the road. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, recruiting against Memphis is easy because they play in the Elmer Field Fieldhouse, which is a dump. Uh, they don't even get to play in the forum where the men play. Right. Um, and the only team you should be really recruiting against is Mississippi State. Right. It, Which is tough right now because State's recruiting nationally. It is, but go to Memphis and get somebody. Yeah. Uh, go find an international connection, well, get some people. And that's why I kind of brought the thing up about Marley is, you know, even if you're not going to get players on a national level that can compete against State, if you can't do that, I've always thought that in women's sports, right. you better stay local. Yeah. Go get D.D. Shepard. She's probably not an SEC caliber basketball player. But she's equally she's, as good as probably what you got somewhere on the floor. She right is one hundred percent better than the manager you're dressing out. That's my point, you know. Well, I got an idea for Ole Miss. I got a. I think it's another pretty good idea. Um, I think everybody has a has a, a right where like their bad news gets overshadowed for a long time. Like there's a there's a, 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 yeah. a window there. If I was Ole Miss, I would uh, see how much it took, and I would make Pokey Chapman tell me no. Okay. Former coach at LSU. Yeah. She's been the head coach of the Chicago Sky and the Indiana, Indiana Fever up until last year. Had a successful WNBA career. Um, but I th- I think she is what they need. A successful person, a name, a real coach, not some flash in the pan yeah. like they're going on right here. I think she fits the right demographic sure. they're going for. And I think she's a name. And she's a mature coach. And she can kind of – she wanted LSU. She yeah. went everywhere she's been, and and that that scandal uh, has passed. You know sure. I mean, what she did, and she didn't break any law. She broke rules. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference in breaking and rules. I, I want to throw another she name out there that that makes a lot of sense to me specifically uh, in the area. You know, if you're if you're gonna reinvent yourself, Bill Russell at South Pontotoc for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to keep that as serious as long as I could. Man, Make I really, Bill Russell tell you no. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, Pokey Chapman would be really well served to call a bill to be on hey, his staff. So I will say this. No stone left unturned with that. If they got rid of Coach if they got rid of the co- Coach Yo before this season ended, let Bill Russell coach in the SEC tournament. They'll beat somebody. They'll be, I, they will beat somebody. They'll play, you they'll give be, him film and three hours, they will be in a three-point ball game with somebody <laughs> late. South I, Carolina I down to the wire. It. I guarantee it. <laughs> Don't you don't do that there. <laughs> anyway, well, I'll tell you what, that'll wrap up our sports talk. Yeah. And uh, McKinley and I are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come on uh, back and talk about some uh, local what's happening and a little holiday flavor. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little right. bit. We'll be right back here on the Happening Pod. We don't even talk anymore. And we don't even know what we are. You about don't even say I love you no more. Saying how we feel is no longer allowed. Some people things out, and some just don't know how to change. Let's don't wait till the We don't even talk anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> Best tweet I saw in 2019. Jalen Hurts is going into the last game. He's dressed in all white. He's got a Michael Kors necklace on. And somebody tweeted out, 
Jalen looked like he about to do the spoken part of a boys to men song. <laughs> it was so it that was, was so always spot on. that was always my least favorite part of the song. Me too. And it was always the part two when you and your boys were in your room doing the boys to men sing along. You didn't want to be the guy who was like, like you cut the video hey, game back. Hey man, on. you're gonna be Michael McCrary this time. You're gonna have to do. Man, why do I have to be? I wanted to be Sean or Wanya. Yeah. Wanna, or Nate. Yeah. I didn't want to be Michael. I was, I was always Michael. Sean. Ain't even in the band anymore. No. <laughs> like we don't even need the spoken word. But they're back. They are so back. Boys to men are back. They've always been there for me, but I'm yeah. glad they never left. That never. But I'm glad that they're back for America's sake. Yeah. For your daughter's sake. For your you sake. Might as well for your buy a quality man, product from Boys to Men. That Boys to Men two album was with the one with water ones dry. Mm. I'll make love to you. That was, man. That was prime listing for a fifth and sixth grade kid in Seymour, Tennessee. You talk about the the. Church-sponsored, school-sponsored dances. It was not a dance until they put those boys to men tracks on. So I'll tell you a funny story. I was uh, I was in the sixth grade and we were having our Valentine's dance at Seymour Middle School. <laughs> it's funny that I remember this. And I was in Miss Harden's class. And at school, what you could do is you could <laughs> just thinking about this. This is like. 1993 so this is and seymour is the most republican of republican places i mean it's like yeah yeah if you get my drift <laughs> especially back then i mean a lot of dull votes back in that i'll just be honest there were no african-americans that went to my sure, school so sure. i i was the closest thing i played basketball and I listened to rap music so it was like and we thank god for that i wore jordans i mean yeah <laughs> i was carrying the torch for my folks back home in memphis but uh anyway i remember being in the sixth grade and my t- my teacher was sitting there she was like y'all can pay a dollar and have a request read by the dj <laughs> take all nine dollars of mine she was like you could have a request read by the dj to your middle school dance date and you know the dance was you had to stand arms length apart Men's yeah. heads on shoulders, women on the or men's yeah. on the heels, women on shoulders. Leave enough room for Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> or my chaperone. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I remember my teacher was reading out the songs. Man, is laughing because Miss Harden, she was a huge fan of the Statler Brothers and the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> she had never heard of these songs, so she was reading the songs, and it was like, uh, "We were gonna for a dollar, you can request Baby I'm Yours by Shy," which is not that sounding bad. <laughs> and it was like. And for a dollar, you can request Water Runs Dry by Boys to Men. It was There's like, three dollars. That, that, that repeat. That's not that bad. But then it's like, and then for a dollar, you can request I'll Make Love to You by What in the Hell is This? <laughs> she was like, What kind of song is this? And I was just kind of sitting there and she was like, and she didn't know what else was coming up. But she was like, and you can also pay a dollar to request the song Freak Me by Silk. And I thought to myself, None of my classmates know any of this. Where songs, are we? But I know them all. <laughs> I was just waiting for Miss Harden, I don't tell anybody this, but here's four dollars. Those last four you mentioned. And by I remember <laughs> when Freak Me came on, it was Ghost the Night, baby. I wanna get freaky with I remember like looking around the room right. and <laughs> This is this is brought up an impromptu topic. And w- when we touch on the Valentine's part, Valentine's Day songs, like songs, so the, the, remember that, oh. because I got one in my head oh. that you're, oh my gosh, it's, it, it, moving on though. Man, the, I the remember. Boys to Men is back. I remember, yeah, they're back, but I remember Boys to Men uh, being just monumentally huge. They were like, they were the biggest R&B and soul act of the mid-90s to early Yeah, true that. They really were. Are, now, are they, did they base out of San Francisco? Philly. So the reason I said that is because this big resurgence for them has all happened in California. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a real quick, real pause. quick break. McKinney's Go rest out. Go rest out real quick. 
break there brought to you by Vince Gill. Yep. Uh, it's one of the many obligations McKinley has from time to time. He's yeah. got to take phone calls from the bereaved. So uh, shout out to those folks uh, and best wishes for them going forward. But we were wrapping up our conversations about Boys to Men being back and we're kind of segueing into another thing. The most overrated commercial holiday of all time. Most certainly. Valentine's Day. Yes. Bummer. Very much so. So tell me, tell me your thoughts about Valentine's Day. Well, let me say this, and, and this is as I get older, I used to hate Valentine's Day because I had nobody to to spend ha- Valentine's Day with. Right. As I get older, I'm glad because it's. I guess, in other words, it's it's for the Valentine's Day to me is for the people that believe in like five love language stuff, like you know, like how do you show your affirmation to me? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's donuts. Like, you know, like yeah, but I could do that on June second. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I hope you do. But but what I'm saying is is is. I think anybody, Valentine's Day puts a lot of pressure on relationships. It does. I can speak volumes to that, specifically on Valentine's Day. But, man, it's just, it's overrated to me because it's an excuse to spend money. Okay. And and that's, you know, like, I don't have to spend money at Christmas time to, I mean, except for every gifts for family and stuff. But, like, I don't have to spend money on the 4th of July. I don't have to spend money on Easter, you know, and, like... I I always th- feel that there's Valentine's to me is a egotistical me holiday. It's about me. Like in other words, people buy gifts for their significant others because they want to look good. Right. They want people to say, "Oh, well, look what my boyfriend gave me. Look what my girlfriend gave." You know what I mean? And and, and you're like, expecting a good gift back. So right. if you don't do a good gift, you're. I mean, and there's also ulterior motives for buying a good gift, 100%. especially in a more extended length. Relationships. Yes. Sometimes you have to stoke the flames a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes buying yourself a curling iron is a really good thing. But I, I think that I think that Valentine's Day brings a lot more negatives than it does positives. I agree. You know, like because how how are you like especially for people that are struggling in relationships? How do you feel on the fifteenth? Like if you were mad at each other the three weeks leading up to Valentine's Day, and you just all of a sudden everything's fine because it's Valentine's Day, and you've got to be nice, and you can't argue. Well, on the fifteenth, you're just going to be madder, yeah, because you had to do all that, right? You know, like so. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I've never been big on it, whether I was in a relationship or out of a relationship. Well, here's the things I don't really like about Valentine's Day: all the things you mentioned, uh, have, having to spend money, having to make a special point to show somebody you care about them. Yeah, man, do that on their birthday. Do that yeah. on Christmas. Yeah. Uh, now, with that being said, if you want to use Valentine's as another excuse for a a good night in a already flourishing relationship, that's fine. You can go have fun on Valentine's sure. Day, but, but make sure you do it all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Make sure all the other days are I special. think specifically women, because they're more attached to Valentine's Day than men. If you bring your girl flowers on January 23rd unexpectedly, she's going to appreciate that a lot yeah. more than you spending $400 on Valentine's Day. More likely Day. to get lucky then. 
True. Just throwing it out there. Just being real. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, if that's your aim. I mean, that's I mean, right. that's just not necessarily like to get lucky in that sense, but I mean, we all have an ulterior motive. Like you said, it's sure. about me. It's a me holiday. It is a me holiday. Uh, man, and that's why Christmas is awesome. Thanksgiving is awesome because yeah. they're not, you know what and I mean? And you share time with They're others. about you. Uh, Fourth of July is about we. Look, yeah. What can we do at the lake? I love we holidays. I man. love we. I love we and you. The thankful holidays. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, the remembrance, things like that. Tell you one thing I love about Valentine's Day. My little girl's birthday. Yeah. Lucy turns, let's see, she will turn 11 on Valentine's Day. And for those of you that don't know me well, I do not have an 11-year-old daughter. I have an 11-year-old dog daughter named Lucy, and she turns, her birthday is on Valentine's Day. Girl dog dad. Girl dog dad. I like Hashtag. that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I do like about Valentine's is you can get the cheap meals yeah. Like the twofers, but the thing is, bachelor tip here, you don't always have to have the lady to get it. Yeah, and you can get it to go. You can. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Call him and say, hey, me and my girl that's over at my house, uh, we're going to do the, the two for 25. Su- sushi for two or something like that? Yeah. And get a good deal on it? Yeah, 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 and for sure. Turns into sushi for one. Well, In bigger cities, <laughs> what I like, too, is you have, like, clubs. These are the smart folks. Your places where couples don't go. Yeah. Clubs, bars, they'll have, like, the Lonely Hearts Club night. Yeah. And they'll be overrun for dollar drink specials and, and stuff. And see, those are the good things, like, because it actually does bring people together. Yes. And, yeah. like, you may start a relationship on, on Valentine's. Yep. Yeah, like, those things are fun. And I will say this, Valentine's candy, overrated. Very. Very overrated. You give me a Reese's egg or a pumpkin any day over a Reese's Easter heart. candy, awesome. The best candy. Better yep. than Halloween. Because they incorporate a lot of marshmallows. Yeah. And a lot of Cadbury Peeps. cream eggs. Peeps. A lot of people are disgusted by peeps. Here's the thing about peeps. Low-key tip. Open the peeps. Yes. Let them sit. Yes. Grab them three, four days later and go, oh, I forgot about Man, this, this peep. Is, this got a little it's, smooth. It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, but speaking of that, um, what was your, f- of all the, you know, you said Valentine's kind of a cumbersome holiday, but there has to be one that sticks out. What would be your your most memorable Valentine's? Good or bad? Either one, because I'm going to give you a good one, and I want you to give me whichever one pops in your brain. We're not going to mention anybody's name to incriminate them if it's bad. They okay, pre- then I'm going to leave the bad one out, because anybody that knows me <clears throat> I have an idea where, where that before, was but, going. But, but the, the, I, I was dating a girl in high school, and we had a really good Valentine's Day one time. She she actually went overboard, because good. like it was, it was, I think the previous two years, I had gone overboard. Right. But like. And again, you know, it was it's still a me holiday, and I could say that because obviously she was in high school. It was you know eighteen years ago, but like she did stuff that like I had to recognize as thoughtful, mm-hmm. but I also didn't care about. Like she did candles in the house, like our driveway, and got my mom involved, and like said like Happy Valentine's Day or Happy Third Valentine's Day, whatever it was. Right. But at the same time, it was kind of like, yeah, I mean that's I appreciate you doing it, but like, what am I going to do with these? 600 votive candles like now i have to i have to blow them out well, if the power ever goes out you're okay yeah i mean if, if, if fa- light. power goes out february 14th i was in good shape in 2002 <laughs> i mean the whole neighborhood's coming to my house for sure <laughs> but uh but no, save them man, for I, a wedding reception later yeah absolutely i've got all these candles who needs electricity around here i'm not even paying my bill this month <laughs> but no man i you know i, I, I honestly my bet, my favorite Valentine's days were like this is the heart of church basketball season. I always remember. I, okay, time out. I'll give you my best Valentine's Day right now. I already like where this is going. I was twelve years old. Didn't even involve a female. 
It involved a Sunday night okay. and 10 to 12 of my buddies, and we ordered a, at the time, WWF St. Valentine's Day Massacre yes. pay-per-view on a Sunday night and got the Little Caesars Bigfoot. Was this Undertaker versus Kane? I don't remember. No, it was before Kane. Before well Kane? before Kane. Okay. But sure we, we got all the mattresses off the bed and slammed each other, and that was my favorite Valentine's Day right there. Like St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Mankind became the international champ on that night. Okay, intercontinental champ. Inter- yeah, intercontinental champ. Yes. Okay. That that, that was anything. That was a any pay per view with mankind was awesome. Yeah. Like the old hell in the cell. Um, I'll tell you mine real quick. Um, uh, so this would have been 2016. Okay, so not that long ago. Yeah, 2016. Uh, I always have seemed to find my way doing something fun on Valentine's Day, whether it be with the guys hanging out because we were all drunk pieces of crap, didn't have women that would take us, or I'm a pretty thoughtful guy when it comes to holidays. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily going overboard, but I want to do something to remember. Yeah. Okay. So I was dating a girl, the girl I dated most recently for the past few years until, you know, like we talked about. Um, and here's, I'll give you the backstory. <laughs> we first started dating was like first of January. And she was graduating from Ole Miss in May. And everybody knew, myself, everybody, when I gradu- when she graduates in May, she moved back to California. Sure. Like that was what was going on. We dated for about a month and a half, you know, for Valentine's Day, and I kind of realized I liked her. I was like, at first, it was just like, this is just a casual relationship. We go hang out, I buy our dinner. But as it got closer to that May, I started realizing, I might not want her to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, know, I've got to figure this out a little bit. So I remember February 13th, it was the day before Valentine's Day. I've never, we we never actually celebrated a Valentine's Day because one of us was working. Uh, She worked in the restaurant industry, so she was always doing that. She worked here at KOK. Yeah. Uh, but uh, February 13th, the first year we met, uh, I was trying to woo her. My friend ran the uh, Grassroots Candle Company in Columbus, Mississippi. She'd never been to small town Columbus. So we went there, and I got him after hours to like let us go in there and do like a candle-making workshop. So we were dressed nice, and we went and ate at Jay Broussard's. Oh, wow. And, uh, and Yeah, I mean, I was trying to really pull this off. You wooed me. Well, she <laughs> stayed for three years, so I guess it worked. But, like, it was really fun because I remember we ate a really fantastic farm-to-table meal, and we made the candles, and when we went and ate, and we came back, they were done. And, like, Joel had already, like, lit candles, so it was, like, ambient and dark, and I had a key. Oh, wow. So, like, you know, it was like he wasn't in the candle shop anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it was. You pulled like a Sweet Home Alabama, like the first. I did, where man. And, it, and, it, and it worked. But I really remember that one because it, uh, it was fun. And all the other ones I really don't remember because I just. I probably Any single ladies in their late 20s, early 30s out there, if you give Brian 24 hours <laughs> to come up with a cool Valentine's Day, you just send, send me your bio to my Gmail. And give me your interest, your likes, your dislikes, and I can guarantee you, Brian will give you a Valentine's Day you'll never forget. Yeah, for sure. But even then, <laughs> but, but going to your point, though, McKinley, even then, it was about me. Yeah, you were thinking, what can I what do can to make I do myself look to good To keep right here? her yeah. here for me. Sure. It wasn't, I mean, like you said, it was still, and, and looking at it, man, I went over and beyond every year, but like. It was still a me holiday, and that's yeah. that's what I hate about it because yeah. it can be so fun. And the cool thing about me and, and the, the girl Grace uh, was that we, we it became a joke, or almost like Valentine's was a joke. We always celebrate on thirteenth because it was just a, another day. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so that that's the thing about Valentine's Day. But um, I, I remember that one. That was a, that was a good one. And uh, I guess it kind of leads me and kind of segues into something else. Okay, Bachelor Living. 
Valentine's Day is a whole nother level because you try to avoid it like the coronavirus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like usually by hanging out with the guys or making not a big deal about yeah. it. So it's going to really segue to my next point. Bachelor living in general. You and I were having a discussion we before, were. before we started the podcast about ways we make our life work for us. Yeah. If that makes sense. For instance, you were talking about things that you did not have in your fridge or in your house. And you said, when we get through, I'm going to go to Kroger. And you showed me a roll of toilet paper that was wrapped in tissue that you 100% I know grabbed from the funeral home. Yeah, so you know what I mean? I do the same thing at Blue Delta. I mean, it, it's you as a bachelor, you have to be economic. You have to think. What's like, and I'll tell you what it gives you a better sense of, because I always think about my mom in this regard. Growing up, you know, six people in the household, I can't imagine what grocery shopping was like. I mean, I you know, I'd go with her when I was a little kid, but I didn't know what was actually going on at the register. I'm just like riding the car. She's got ten things in a buggy, and she's going to make it work for thirty meals. Right? How does she make that work? So like, but for me, it's so much easier because like, all right, I know what I like. I know what I need to be eating. Uh, I know how long this deodorant will last me. I know. If I get a six rolls of paper towels, I can get by until the next Olympics on those six rolls. For sure. You know, I mean, just yeah. so like it, it makes it easier. Then I'll in start that using regard. old dirty t shirts I run out. <laughs> That's one thing that bachelors do. They do the best at making do. You know, like, well, yeah, like I said, we make our situations work for us. Uh, you were talking about, so when I was in junior college at Northwest, Nick Weaver and I and Hal Teasler all lived in the same mother in law wing of my ex uncle's house okay my stepmother's brother's house we lived in the mother-in-law wing I, it was me but i, I let them live there for free because they were my pals yeah we had one bed two couches no kitchen one bathroom one roll of toilet paper and one towel and we made it through a semester and i don't know how you know i, I don't mean, either i can't figure it out we had a playstation 2 we had more boxes of pizza laying around we didn't have a fridge so we would we would roll over and get a box of pizza out of the floor and make sure we nuked it for long enough so that we would kill whatever kill germs were in there. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I remember going to talk like getting out of class at ten thirty or at ten and making sure I got to McDonald's by ten thirty to get breakfast. And then I would drive across Cenotopia to Wendy's by eleven and get lunch and would go home and have breakfast like in lunch there. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Now I'll put on fifty five pounds my freshman year for a reason. Who doesn't but <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you figured we figured it out and now those same I've refined the bachelor skills as right. you have. It's getting it's gotten better. But it's the same. But it's it's still the same. It's like we we combine trips. There is not one time in the last decade that I can ever remember making two trips from my car to my house with the groceries. I just don't. You don't. I mean, it's a. It, there's so many. I, I can tell you this, and you'll you'll appreciate this. As a bachelor, the biggest thing in your life because it's a grind. You're not supporting a family, but you're supporting yourself, and you want to. Like as a 34 year old man, I like to envision myself as having it together. You do. You know what I mean? Like and you do. I, I, like I, I want my life to be together. So I'm trying to live as if I had a family here, but I don't. So like the American. 
general consumer market does not cater to bachelor living. So you have to invent ways. Like for me personally, like I've been eating healthy right now. You are too. On Sunday nights or when it's dry out and I get an opportunity, I will go grill six to eight Same. chicken breasts. You know, and I do that so that I can eat those chicken breasts for the next seven days and or I don't, five days. I don't really do it for healthy food prep. I do it because I don't want to have to cook every night. Right. But at the same time, it saves you money because you're not going through the drive through every day. Jason, you know? Jason Isbell has a song. It's called Codeine. Uh, but funny name for a song but one of the first lines in the second verse is there's two things that i hate it's trying to cook and having a date you know what i mean like and that's true story when you're a bachelor those two things suck especially in 2020 yeah you know what i mean uh and you know bachelor trying to date as a mid-30s man is that's that's a pot that's another podcast we'll oh yeah one day but it's it's even tougher um for instance, I'll be honest with you. I walk into McKinley's house every week, and this place is clean, and everything's in order. And if any human being walked in off the streets right now, they would walk in and say, well, there's a woman and two kids in this house. Like, there's there, this is a really good, clean, put-together place. <laughs> if a human being walked into my house, which is a clean place, they would say, oh, man, this is okay. But if they walked into my bedroom, they would go, where's the hazmat suit? It's right. just a different like, – sure. like, there's different – well, and let me you say this, I mean? like, too. Two, they, you kind of have a built-in excuse that you have a roommate. You know, so, like, I do. your roommate is equally a bachelor, right? Yes. So, like, I would surface to say without even being there, his we room's probably about the same, right? He's pretty clean. Is he really? Yeah, he's just well, clean. Well, that, that, see, I, I think clean. that's just roommates. I'm clean, but I think it's one of those things, like, yeah, it's just that weird bachelor times. Like, I just don't want to And there's nobody it. to regulate it. That's, uh, the, like, you get the freedom of, you know what, I'll wash those clothes tomorrow. Yeah. I don't have somebody nagging me. Hey, you need to get those clothes off the floor. And you know, like if for, like if you brought a woman home right now, there would be no flight of the bumblebee to get it ready. It's pretty ready. Like yeah. you, you put a few things in order. Or if you knew she was coming over later, you wouldn't have to spend an hour and a half cleaning. Me, right. I would have to literally hide. Take stuff. a day off. Like, no. Yeah, I, and I've been there before. Yeah. I mean, there's times as you go through, you know, long stretches at work, whatever you name it, where you're like, all right, I got to get my house in order because I've got, you know people coming by or yeah. i've got this and that going on but you know I, I don't i mean i gotta be honest man i love bachelor life it's it's i've gotten myself comfortable in it i guess you'd say i i'll say this i think the thing that i enjoy about it is i'm on my own time that's the best that's there are no minor inconveniences there are no there's no obligation to have to I don't. It makes you more reliable, but the fact that you don't have to be relied on. Yeah, for yeah, I, you know, I, I can, I can. Uh, like you just think, if one of us were married right now, we couldn't do the podcast every week at my house. I mean, we make it would be more planned, but it would have to be like so much more structured. And like, yeah. all right, y'all got to go to the shed, or you know, y'all. I mean, yeah. y'all got to go to the back porch. Or, or, or we could be lucky, and we could have a woman who was cool and be like, "Hey, Brian, coming over tonight? We're gonna do the podcast. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm cooking. Cook, I'm cook. And and that's like Nick Weaver's wife, Augusta. Yeah, she's that woman. Sure. And we all can't be that lucky. No, you know right, what I mean? right, yeah, right. So, but that's what I'm getting at. So it, it just it's the unknown of that. And my, right. is the you know is the right. woman I'm gonna get gonna be a, a ten yeah. in all aspects, or is she gonna be beautiful and tough to deal with, or is she going to be great to deal with and, you know, maybe not what I envision myself being with? True. There's always some give and take there. And, I mean, I'm not an Adonis, so it's even tougher. I mean, you know, I've, I got a <laughs> caviar, on a caviar dreams on a hot dog budget, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, every woman wants to date a 10, too. So she can date me twice. It'll work. Yeah. So.
<laughs> but uh, but yeah. So tell me some things that you deal with, like you know, the everyday stuff that bachelor living, like food cooking. Like you already said, you cook early in the week to try to get stuff together. But like when you go grocery shopping, like do you have? You're surely you're like me. You have it in your head. I'm buying this, or at least yeah. I'm going to buy it for these meals. Well, I, thankfully, I'm my mother's son. I actually I used to hate grocery shopping with her, and I understand her pain now because she was shopping for six, like I said. But I also understood that now I understand how structured she was and she had her list and she had her coupons ready. Right. Now I'm that guy. I've got my little list. I mean, I'll save it in my notes on my phone, but I know I can go to the grocery store now, whereas like I couldn't go in college because I was just pilfering through money that I didn't have yeah. to buy stuff I didn't need. Yeah. But now I can go and say, all right, I'm not spending more than $100. I'm getting these things and it's going to last me for three and a half, four weeks. You know, like, and, and I know that. And I don't have to spend an hour and a half in there either. I buy the same 20 items. Same here. I mean, I eat the same thing every week. It's it's turkey sausage scramblers. It's, oh, dude, the, yeah, the those, Jimmy Dean's? Yeah, there's Whew. Whew. Um, it's, Whew, you know, it's flatbreads with um, homemade ground turkey taco meat in there. Let's like it's, it's it. You know, it's what, I, it's what yeah. I do. It's it's like you said, it's things that I can remind. I live like a Mexican restaurant. And what I mean by that is I don't eat necessarily Mexican food, but I have 10 different items that you can interchange to make 10 different yeah. dishes. I'm like Sonic with their drinks. There's 5,000 combinations in 30 drinks. That's right. I will buy 20 different things and have 100 different options to yeah. eat. You know, and uh, that's kind of the bachelor living. Like True there's that. always going to be a box yes, of ramen sir. noodles just in case. Yeah. And now we can gentrify those things. 100%. You know what I mean? So um, if you can throw, you could throw. Grilled chicken on ramen, yeah, and you got pasta, yeah, or you can just eat ramen, yeah, and so you're you're absolutely right, yeah, you're so, absolutely right. So, and, I, and like we just mentioned this, what kind of cleaning schedule do you go on, or is it an as is thing? Okay, are you regimented? So every two weeks, Ruby Castaneda, who cleaned my house in Pontotoc, her daughter Maria and her son Pablo played for me over there. Yeah, I know them. Incredible woman, and and she gives me a, such a good deal to come clean my house. So she does a deep clean and she's one of those personal cleaning ladies that like she does my bed sheets. You know, yeah. she she does my laundry if it's not finished and like she's so good so I know that. So my job now is because and I can afford it. I can afford cuz she cuz she's very very economic on me. And like I look at it as a built-in expense because it's money that I would have spent on something useless, but now I actually get value out of it because I get my house clean. Right. So, like, she came last Friday, and you can tell. You know, you can tell. Oh, yeah. So, like, all I have to do is just not mess it up so bad that she's going to, you know, call me and say, why is it so nasty? You know, right. she's just got to do her normal stuff. So, like, I just kind of maintain throughout the two weeks she's not here. I make sure my laundry's done. I make sure my dishes are done. Uh, I, I try to just keep things that are just like, you know, everybody's got the catch-all drawer or the catch-all cabinet or counter. I got a couple. I Yeah, I do too. I've got one, two, three. Yeah, one in each room is but, what I got. But, yeah. but I make sure that that's, I'm not throwing stuff elsewhere. Like, I'm not going to put it in that chair. Right. I'm, my catch-all. So when it's time for her to come, this is kind of crazy. When you get a cleaning lady and you're a bachelor, you want to clean for your cleaning lady. For sure. no. Because I, I don't that. want her to think that I'm a slob, even though she knows I'm a slob. Yeah. But she knows I'm making a concerted effort, so she likes me for it more, and she will clean my house better. But that's that's kind of my cleaning guy. I make sure my trash goes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, recycling every other Wednesday. Like, it's just, you know, I, I mean, 
It's just I have made it easy on myself. I it's an inconvenience, but it's not enough to make you mad. Yeah, I I, I really need to hire somebody to clean up our stuff because uh, our house is clean. Like I said, it's in good shape. Uh, we got a great landlord, but I've always kind of been one of those kind of guys that where everybody where where company could go to looks great. Agree. My own private space, kind of like my own private life. Sometimes just kind of jumbled up and messy. Sure, but I kind of get it in order from time to yeah. time. Yeah, and that, uh, that's a good. That's really like therapeutic yeah to clean your stuff up and walk into a like i'm still working on my little home office back there yeah. when it gets done i'll walk in and go man i'm glad i did that it looks great in here i'll tell you the telltale sign to understand if a bachelor is doing well or not if their clothes are folded if their clean clothes are folded and put up if you walk into a guy's house and his clothes are folded and put up He's got his stuff together. If his clothes are on the couch or they're all balled up at the foot of his bed or on top of his dresser, he ain't really got it figured out. You know what I mean? And currently, all my stuff is balled up on top of my dresser. So, I mean, I got I to gotta get that figured out. Uh, but like I said, it's just phases I go through. Um, you know, uh, like I said, the, the being on my own time is a big deal, and that kind of goes for my own cleaning, my own shopping. I procrastinate. I put it off to the last minute until there's no food left, until there's no toilet paper left, until the last squeeze of the – Toothpaste has been rolled out of the tube, and I got to work on that. I really do, and I'm I'm glad you got yeah. that more together than me. And I I can learn something from you in that. Regard. Well, I'll say this: whenever you're on your own again, like if you, when you if you lose your roommate or yeah. he moves out or whatever, yeah. when you get back on your own, you kind of don't have a choice. Yeah, I agree. Because you know, like I lived with three guys for five six years, just you know, right up, yeah. up town here, and we had a good system. But yeah. like we were nasty. Our house was nasty, but. You know, you get. I guess well, you just get tired. Nasty. Of it. It's more cluttered. Right, cluttered. My that's room a great, is cluttered. That's a much better. Cluttered. I was it's the same one. Dirty. It's cluttered. Yeah. I mean, I have a cat. He's, he's and I'll tell you the, clean. The, the best, the best, the, the the best thing to encourage you to clean. Pets, man. Yeah. Because they they they're nasty. They're naturally dirty. Right. You have to wash them. You have to make sure that they're not leaving stuff on stuff. Like yeah. That's that's something that's that, that drives me to do it. Well, I, and I guess that leads me to my last point. Uh, actually, it's funny how you segue to me to that. As a bachelor, yeah, as a bachelor, we prioritize our pets. You know what I mean? We treat them like kids. I I don't leave the house without making sure Murray is fed and watered and taken care of. And then I have to live my schedule sometimes around him. So when I go out of town this weekend for a concert in Nashville and a little bit of a work trip, I got to make sure that he's fed, somebody's going to feed him, you know what I mean? That the house is locked up and he's safe. And how do you prioritize your pets? You got three of them. I yeah. Mean, I know you can holler at Gloria, but if Gloria's in, in Colorado visiting your sister and, and like you're gone, like how do you deal with your children here? Like how do well, you? Well, I, I can tell you what I used to like when I was still living in Pontotoc, but had moved back to work at the funeral home here. I had this wonderful kid and she was in my class uh, for a couple years. And like my last year and her last year there, she was a senior and she was in two of my classes of her three it's Brooke Chisholm it's Chad yeah, yeah, Chisholm's yeah, daughter yeah, yeah, yeah. and she uh, she just uh, just a great kid and I paid her $10 a week to go let my dogs out yeah. at lunch and that, that that was valuable to me because is it a little high on me yeah I mean you know it's we're talking 36 weeks out of the year I got a cough up 360 but it was right. so worth it so worth because I didn't have to clean up after them and you know and she got to know them and it was right. so easy but uh, that's one thing and like one thing back living back here close and now my mom's retired she comes and does it because right. she has to pick up my niece from school so you just like make it work you well, know what I mean like 
And if I can slip over here, if we don't have funerals during the middle of the day, I'll come over here during lunch and I'll let them out. Well, it's like quick. you said, you know, you celebrate birthdays with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like your kids. I, I, I celebrate Absolutely. Murray's Gotcha Day. Uh, we got him for early yeah. in January. And, you know, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm cat dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah we hang out. Uh, but I look forward to seeing him when I get home from work. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? Like, there is nothing like a pet's love when you yeah, return I have from my being own gone. language for my cat. Like, Shame. I, I, I don't use R's. I use W's. Like, he's my friend, not my friend. All it's right. weird. You know what I mean? Jonesy is this dog's name. I call Zeke Zeke. Uh-huh. And I call Lucy Lou or Lucy. Right. Jonesy? He may be Mauricio one day. Mm-hmm. He may be John Mario. And he gets it. He, but he... I, I call him Mauricio I, Del Toro. If I come in... <laughs> I will, John Mario, what are you doing, boy? You know, but they're so excited, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why. I really believe this, whether it's true or not. They say, you know, dog years, one human year is seven dog years. Mm-hmm. So Jonesy is nine, so he's technically 63. He's been with you for 63 so, years. So, like, if time passes like that, then I have to just assume that, like, one day equals, like, seven days. Yeah. So, like, if I'm gone for eight hours, to him, that's like I've been gone for two days. Right. So, like, that's why they're so excited. There's always a, a great quote. You like your wife or your girlfriend and your dog in the trunk, which one's going to be happy to see you when you open it up? For sure. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. long periods of time, dogs, cat, they're loyal, man. They are. They're loyal, and I love, loyalty's a big thing for me. I love loyalty. I, I'm loyal. I appreciate people that are loyal back to me, and that's why I'm a pet lover. I saw two funny things about cats before we move on and uh, from, from Bachelor Living. I love talking about Bachelor Living. McKinley's got it figured out, and I'm trying to figure it out. You're and I, I'll, say, I'll say one thing here. Uh, I was really clean when Grace and I were cohabitating, but I'll say one thing I think that has affected me. My mother passing away when I was young really hurt my development as a bachelor. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know what I mean? Like Gloria, Mother's domesticated. Gloria can look at you and go, Mac. Clean this stuff up. Yeah, and I'll do it. And you'll do it. My, I'll do it if I'm 50. My dad was just like, hey, man, <laughs> we're watching the football game. You know what I mean? Like, you know, come over and hang out. That's like, you know, it was just a little bit of a difference thing there. Uh, but two things about cats that I saw. One thing I saw is uh, when you compare cats and dogs, your dog may love you more, but your cat will never tell the cops where the drugs are. That was a fun that's, one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was fun. That's true. And the other one was uh, your dog may pu- – <laughs> Your dog may pull you out of a burning building, but my cat has been making sure I was safe from my showers for the last three years. <laughs> Just a certain meows at me while I was You know, cats are, cats are their own thing. Uh, but before we wrap up, we got some events coming here to Tupelo. Man, thanks for talking about Bachelor Living. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got Second Saturday. What's going on with that this weekend? Uh, 80s Prom, Saturday night at uh, MGKOK. MGKOK. Shout out to the That'll Second Saturday folks. That's Mitch. And, and, the, and, and the, Mitch and them, they're naming a King and Queen. So if you... Dress up like the wedding singer, Adam Sandler. That'll be that'll be Saturday night. There's a lot of stuff going on in downtown. Um, we got uh, Robert Randolph's coming to Memphis next Thursday, yes, February 14th, the day before Valentine's Day. Yep. Come catch me there, absolutely. Ladies, um, Lafayette's <laughs> music room. Uh, the Double Decker lineup just got yeah. announced, and uh, they got the Rainbow Kitten Surprise and Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. They'll be coming yeah. there. And I guess to wrap things up here. Uh, March 7th, Jason Aldean, uh, Morgan Wallen, and Riley Green. That's right. And then March 20th, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, all going to be at Bancorp South. And to wrap up the podcast, a quick, quick announcement. Uh, this coming Monday, we will have the first real episode of our uh, new side venture podcast. It's going to be the uh, Dinner with Friends podcast. With yes! Myself and McKinley and Chef Mitch McCamey from Neon Pig and, K- uh, M- uh, and KOK, Kermit's Outlaw Kitchen. Yeah. we got a side project going on that... Uh, Mitch is really, really, uh, really excited about it as well as we are. Yep. Going to eat some good food. Going to have some great guests. We'll put that out a couple times a month, uh, maybe once a month for sure, uh, maybe a couple times a month. But that's going to be a really cool outlet for us outside of sports to do more regional 
cultural topics. True. Uh, so be looking for that. It'll have it'll be its own separate entity, and uh, we look forward to sharing that with you as yes. the, the upcoming uh, episodes happen. Yeah. So, McKinley, before uh, before we get another uh, Vince Gill kind of call, won't you wrap us up and tell folks where they can find us? And uh, we'll, I'll have this out pretty soon, folks. Yeah. So make sure you'll be we'll listening uh, on our, our our Spotify. So check it out. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod, and we are available through the mediums of you call it mediums? Yeah, mediums. Yeah. We're available through the platforms of Patricia Arquette Medium. The- <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, and Fireside. So, folks, go know, ahead. And we're about, I'm about to try to get some Patreon. I've heard things about Patreon. It's a cool thing, for, way for people to interact and yeah. throw us a couple bones. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun. Very nice. For, I know Brian was doing some things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, folks, thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back soon with you uh, as early as Monday night on the Happening Pod. Check you later. Mm-hmm.